Dino. Hey, what's up, Ben? Welcome Hello. to the show. Mike. Yeah. So, All right. oh, How was yeah. the... Uh, go, oh. go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> welcome to our house. It's Thanks. great to have Good you here. here. Yeah. So, Ben, you are a musician, rock and roller, singer, songwriter. Um, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of who you are, what your music is, and what the, what it sounds like and kind of how how would you describe yourself kind of like as an artist for people who uh, well, the stock, don't know the stock you. line is I'm a kind of a uh, I'm a lyrically driven uh soulful sort of uh uh soul leaning rock rock and roll songwriter that's a <laughs> do you feel line, like that's yeah. do you feel like that's a good description yeah yeah, yeah. I, I like it too it varies a little bit if somebody comes to see a, a live show I, and I just got done saying this to an, a, a a guy a couple nights ago that I was playing um, uh, that if I'm playing solo, if anybody's playing solo for that matter, you end up either sounding like a folk musician or you know, uh, uh, you know, or a piano bar player. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. That, that, you know. Uh, but when you have a band, everything becomes a little different, becomes yeah. a little more dynamic, a lot more dynamic, uh, a lot more. Uh, yet I find that there's certain levels of expressiveness that happens uh, in different ways when you're playing solo or with a band. So. I think that the I think that the solo performances are probably a little more vulnerable for you, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, well, one, you can't, you don't have a drummer to rely on, so yeah. you know, you, your you're rhythmic, your rhythmic chops <laughs> have got to be up, you know, up 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 to snuff, um, or you know, or you've got to be willing to let the music breathes a lot more, and and that and, and that's not even like just a nice way of saying, oh, your rhythm sucks. No, uh -huh. I mean, I, my like for instance, my rhythms. Pretty good, you know, but uh, but it breathes more, and and you want it to breathe more because it becomes more conversational rather than like you know rock show, and it right. gives it more of a human element. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Do you um, have kind of a preference leaning one way or the other for the more rock show or the solo show? No, I I, I like both of them. Um, yeah. I like both of them for different reasons, and I hate both of them for different reasons. Yeah. So you know, uh, you know, it. you know. I mean, uh, for me, I find that I like the rock show more. Yeah, I of like course you do. You're young and you want to rock out. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I, I like rocking out, but I also find that, um, one, it's, uh, uh, you know, even with a with the four-piece band, it's, uh, I just said band. I sounded like Philly guy all of a sudden. It's so weird. <laughs> it's uh, almost as if you're a Philly out. guy. I know. It comes out every now and then. Uh, I play with the four-piece is... Um, you know, there's still, uh, there's something that is going to be wrong at all times. Huh. Oh, yeah. Something will go wrong in every show. We're not a machine. We're not, uh, 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 you know, we're, I mean, we're a well-oiled machine as a band goes, but we're human beings and right. things happen. Um, yeah, you've got some great musicians in uh, your group. You've got Matt Muir on drums, right? Matt Muir, yep. Matt yep. Muir and John, 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 John Coleman. Coleman. And, and Eric uh, Sales. Eric Sales, yeah. Yep. Currently. It's a good band. Uh, yeah, no, it's a really good band. Yeah, no, they're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've yeah, got the horn section there sometimes too. Horn section is, uh, you know, every uh, every third gig they're they're in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When From, the money's right, we were just talking about that. <laughs> right, like we, you know, literally or before we started recording, it was you know you were but talking. But also, also they're 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 also the guys that play horns with me are also they they really love to play, so they want to get out, they want to do some stuff, so they're often willing to do. <laughs> do gigs for less mm -hmm. and uh, just for the fun of it. And, uh, for sure. And see, <laughs> I'm at the I'm so. at the age right now mm -hmm. where you know I'm we're we're both going into our senior year of college. Mm -hmm. So uh -huh. me too. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, you know, everybody our age right now is like, oh, I'm a senior. That means I need to get paid now. The no more yeah. bullshit. I'm an adult. Yeah. Good luck <laughs> um, with that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's the kind of thing where finding horn players now for me has been getting pretty hard just because. Of that element of it, and I think once people turn twenty two, twenty three, they'll be like, okay. I can take this. I can take this freely. But yeah. also, maybe you're I'm gonna a, play a lot of free gigs, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we um, we played the Stone Pony three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Four weeks. Four ago. Four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, we played with uh, Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes and nice. Remember Jones, which was a lot of fun. Um, and even for a gig like that, you know, a huge national act like Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, we. My eight-piece band got paid like two hundred dollars in total. Yeah, well, you know, they're a business. Yeah, they, they're like you want. We want to put you in front of these uh, people. <laughs> then uh, you know you're gonna do whatever. Uh, you're you're gonna be happy to take the gig. Yeah, and, and you, you probably know what? brought the whole band, right? Yeah, we brought yeah. the whole band, and there you go. know what? We were happy to take the gig. Uh, All right. So after a brief pause, we're back. Um, 
It was an important pause. It was, it was an important a, pause. Yeah, we needed know. to get hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about... I think you're going to say we needed to get high, but no, we needed <laughs> to get hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can yeah. do that after the show. <laughs> yeah. So, Ben. Yes. I want you to take me through the story from the beginning. So, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Come I on. You know how old I am? I, I, <laughs> that was a great... For, the, for those of you listening at home, that was a great face that Ben just made. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, let's give a, let's get the Spark Notes version. Let's get the abbreviated version. So, where are you from? When were you born? Where uh, were you born? Let's suffice it to say that I've been around a, a little while. I've been playing music for about thirty years, um, almost almost thirty years professionally. Um, I am. Uh, I started just as you guys did. Probably uh, you saw an instrument in your house, and you're like, "Hey, you know what? I want to play that thing." Yeah. And uh, for me, it, it was a. a a moment in uh, actually it was I had always been an admirer of people that played the piano. We had a piano in our house. Uh, we moved here to Philadelphia in uh, uh, when, uh, the summer between ninth and uh, let's see the summer between eighth and ninth grade. Um, Where were you before that? I was in upstate New York, Rochester, New York. Oh, okay. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, we moved here uh, through a, a, a separation of my parents and all this kind of mayhem that went on. I ended up with my mom living here in uh, in Philly, and I we had a piano in a room, and I ended up cutting school every single day, staying home as she would go to work at 7:30. I would say I'm going, I'm on my way walking to Washington High School, uh, <laughs> and uh, I would never go. That's and I stayed home, and uh, and I started looking at chord books. I had a friend named Mike Morgenstein who. Uh, who was one of my friends from school when I would go, because uh, I would often make it to uh, choir practice because I nice. liked that because uh, it was like Music. social and there were chicks there and it was, <laughs> and it was you know it was good times. Um, and uh, and the the conductor, the choir conductor, was this guy, uh, Mr. Brown, who was, <clears throat> um, you know, he's kind of more into popular music at the time. And uh, kind of influential in a certain way. I just see the way he played, and I was like, oh man, that was pretty cool. You know, he was a rock and roll player, mm-hmm. and. Um, and uh, but I ended up cutting school a lot and staying home. And uh, F- Mike Morgenstein learned, Stern learned, uh, showed me, r- wrote down on a napkin actually the forms for a major, minor, augmented, diminished sevenths, uh, d- dominant sevenths, uh, suspended chords, chords, just the form. And uh, and I took that and I compared it to the music books that I had. And I learned how to. You're like, oh, okay, uh, read. this yeah. is how it. This is how I'm gonna play. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna roll for This is how I'm gonna learn how to play rock and roll. I'm just gonna read the guitar chord, and I'm gonna, you know, mm. I'm gonna play left hand bass. And uh, so I've I've learned how to play backwards my whole life. I don't play chords <laughs> with my left hand. I play all the chords with my I right hand. I play chords with my right hand too. Uh, okay, there you go. Yeah. And I just use, uh, you know, a somewhat rolling left left hand on the bass. Um, but uh, you know, from there I uh, I. Failed miserably ninth grade, had to go to summer school, and at that point, the uh, High School for Creative and Performing Arts was opening up the next year, and my mother was fortunate, uh, was smart enough to kind of get wind of this. And, so this is Kappa. And, <clears throat> Kappa, okay. and, uh, and she said, uh, hey, you know, uh, there's this place opening, maybe you'd be better there, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I always sung, really, and I uh, was always in um, choir and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, chorus, as they call it in, yeah. in middle school, <laughs> of course. And uh, and and I did a little bit of theater and stuff. And um, but uh, <clears throat> fortunately, I ended up going there, and it completely changed my life. It all completely altered the course of my life. I ended up. We ended up also moving. We moved from Northeast to East Falls. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up basically living in Center City all the time. I'd lived on South Street and Rittenhouse Square, just hanging out with. Oh wow! Uh, you know, in the um, you know. In the beginning stages of the punk scene, mm-hmm. um, uh, a great Philly club scene where you could still get into the clubs without, you know, with fake ID or no ID. Um, Back I always, before they were scanning. Yeah, yeah, I was when I was in high school. I had kind of a beard. Nice. And, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and so I could kind of get in, no problem. And um, as a result, <clears throat> you know, I ended up uh, just making a, a crap load of new new friends, new influences, and and. Uh, and uh, you know, from there, so the let's see if I can shorten this story for you. Uh, you know, I just ended up playing in bands, but I ended, also ended up working in the restaurant business because I realized you have to um, have <laughs> a job and yeah. you have to eat. Tell so me about it. I got deeply involved in the restaurant business. What were you doing? Um, were you serving? I was cooking. Oh, you yeah. were cooking. Yeah. You were on the other end of things. Yep. I was serving. Back of the house, making waitresses cry. And and you're the kind of cook I fucking hate. Man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Dina uh, was the waitress you were making uh, cry. Yeah, I was. yeah. <laughs> and um, 
And, you know, which that part of my life actually kind of, there, there, there's an end sort of a, a full circle that has happened as a result of that. But uh, because way back then, really in high school, I started working for and with uh, Bruce Warren, who became the, eventually, years later, became the uh, program director at uh, WXPM Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had an in. Well, that was, he was just a DJ. He was just a guy. He was just a DJ. I was still working with him even in the late 80s. He was still just a, he was like an overnight DJ, I think. Oh, wow. Um, but he was, uh, he, w- he was long, long time in the restaurant business with me, too. But, uh, and, and, you know, and he would bring in some great music to listen to. He was the guy that brought in uh, London Calling. He was the guy that brought in, uh, uh, you know, uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. He was, you know, Those he early hip-hop brought in some great well. stuff, you know, that we would listen to in the back. And um, uh, so, you know... Years went by. I played in a, a lot of bands. I Which moved what was a the lot. First band? I, uh, the name of it? Yeah. What was the name of your first band? Uh, the name of the first band that I ever had any any action with whatsoever mm-hmm. was called Niagara, and that was in Niagara Falls, New York. And we ended up being managed by Run DMC and the uh, Fat Boys manager at the time. Oh wow! Uh, oh really? Because it was a primarily it was all uh, the band was a seven piece band. Uh, five of the guys were black. Uh, me and another girl were the white guys. I was kind of the music director. They were uh-huh. the they were the fun. Uh, <laughs> it was sort of uh, living color met meets you know, I don't know, Sonny and Cher. It was like a ridiculous. <laughs> it was a ridiculous band, and uh, but uh, we ended up getting you know a, a, a little development deal. They flew us down to New York a few times, put us up in the Chelsea Hotel. And, you know we'd we'd uh, uh, we'd you know recorded a whole bunch in you know in uh, in New York, and then. Uh, uh, and then time went by. I, I moved to Seattle. I moved to Virginia. I moved all over the place, uh-huh. you know, with various women and life <laughs> changes, nice, and, nice. Uh, marriage, and all this kind of stuff. And eventually, ended up back in Philly in the uh, late, late, late eighties. And uh, and it was then that I reconnected with a friend of mine from high school. Was Chris Day? Chris Day played in uh, Tommy Conwell and the Young Rumblers band. He was a Young Rumbler. I don't know if you guys would know Tommy Conwell and the Young Rumblers. I don't. They were a, a huge breaking band at the time in nice. the late '80s, kind of along the lines and in the same world as the Hooters. I don't know if you know okay. those guys. Yeah, either. I know the Hooters. And um, and uh, and Chris was, you know, Chris was just a, you know, a flunky uh, uh, black beauty and you know, pot smoking guitar freak, you know, kind of like myself, you know, at the time. Absolutely. And so. Um, um, and I was like, and I went to go see him right when I moved back to Philly. I went to see him. Tommy Conwell was doing an entire week uh, at the TLA on South Street, mm-hmm. uh, sold out in like an entire week of shows there. And I'd, I went there and I saw Chris on stage and he was like a rock star to me. You know, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is like, if he, and if he can do this, I was like, why, why, can't, why can't I, you know? And Chris ended up listening to a couple of my tunes. He's like, you know, you're, I had been writing and making these little test cam four track demos and you said and this stuff. is 80s this is about 1989 yeah okay gotcha um uh and uh 88 89 and uh and so this is before listened- your first record right oh almost speechless is that was my third. Oh, that was your third that's yeah. the oldest one on yeah Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, that was my first major label okay record. got it um Told you I'm old. Uh, <laughs> a lot of history. Start telling yours. It'll take five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I've got an hour nothing. And a half. We introduced uh, ourselves <laughs> on the show for the first episode. We told our entire life stories ten minutes each. How long was your life story? <laughs> um, so you know, uh, short. Uh, long story short, uh, he, uh, he ended up listening to some tunes. He was like, you know, this is really good. And he, uh, two weeks later, the Hooters were doing uh, and we uh, a, a show at the Tower Theater. And they did an after party, and they said, and somehow or another, one guy called one guy, this guy called the other guy, and I ended up playing an after party for oh, nice. for the Hooters. Oh, um, nice. Uh, and and meeting some people, and kind of became sort of my entree into like the Philly music world, you know. And to me, they were all like rock stars, right? You know? so, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I was uh, I was just like the weird dude showing up with the keyboard, um, and, you know, playing some songs in a corner, you know. Um, for sure. But, but I met a lot of people and. One thing led to the next. I started getting a little more confident, started writing a lot more. I ended up uh, doing uh, Signal My Arrival, which is my first, like, kind of, it was a cassette release. That was back when you released cassettes. Oh, wow. Um, 
cassettes and LPs. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, my next thing I did was a full-length uh, independent disc, with 12-song independent disc called Soar, S-O-A-R, and uh, it has a great collection of tunes, uh, and that has some amazing players on it, and I worked a year on it, and, and that was the first time I was like, you know what, I'm only releasing CDs, and I made CDs, and it was right, and it had to be 90... I think it was 91, uh, is when I put out a CD. So that's and like the first, the first, the yeah. first one. I mean, nobody was doing that at the time either. It was just like, uh, you know, what? I'm going to make compact, compact disc. Yes. That's what I'm doing. I'm, uh, you're not making cassettes? No, I am not making cassettes. I'm only making a compact disc, and um, and I sold uh, four thousand of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and, for a uh, first record. Yeah, and uh, I got a lot of support even back then from WXPN and a few and a few other you know people up and down the East Coast, and then. Uh, I ended up going on a tour with a guy named Jeffrey Gaines. Oh, I know uh, Jeffrey Gaines. Jeff, and uh, and uh, I actually I'd, I was going to play in the band and open up the tour, but he ended up going with just a four piece. And I still, but still said, yeah, come on on the tour. And I ended up going on the tour. And um, so you've known that, Jeffrey since the early '90s. I have known Jeffrey a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> um, you can't really do this on radio, but I'm going to show you a picture while I'm talking. Great, um, but. Uh, Jeff- I emailed Jeffrey to get on this show that we're doing this weekend. <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> he was. I emailed him and he yeah. was like, "Well, I emailed his management and they were like, hey, yeah, no. he would only do it for like two grand." <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. I was like, uh, I he said no. Oh wow. Yeah. You saw that's Jeffrey a- at Light of Day. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, that's, that's got it. That's me and Jeff. Okay, from, gotcha. That's from you uh, had a look going there. Yeah, yeah. Nice that's from ninety three. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like yeah. a solid 93 yeah. look that you got going yeah. on there. The leather um, jacket and the red beanie. Yeah. Oh, man. Grunge. All um, right, so wait. Take, take us back a little bit. So we're, you're in Kappa, and you're having this. These, you had these, what, three years that you were there, I take it? Yeah. Because you started out as a freshman. And, yes. Yeah. Okay. No, I so started you, out as, in 10th grade as a sophomore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you started school, out in public school. Yeah. 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 Okay, so they so you said you had this sort of life-changing experience there and you had all of these influences. What were they? What was the music scene at the time? Well, it was I mean, it was a, a, a full range of art that really, you know, hit me right in the face as soon as I, you know, started at that school because it was visual art that I had never seen. I mean, I didn't even I didn't know who Andy Warhol was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who, you know, Pablo Picasso was, I didn't know shit, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I lived in upstate New York, and I ended up showing up there, seeing, exper- you know, I went to, you know, when I'm, theater to me was my parents taking us to see, you know, Liza Minnelli, you know, <laughs> saying mm-hmm. or something, you know, which was amazing, you know, but still, it's like, and it's not it's like... It's a certain thing. It's a certain thing, you, you know, you go to Kappa, you get land in a city, which to me, this was a huge city at the time, um, coming from where I came from, um, you know, it was... Uh, uh, experimental theater, experimental dance. I mean, every, you know, young people in in high school, they're you know, to them, everything they want to be cutting edge with everything, and uh, or or feel that they are, and uh, <laughs> even though their influences are coming from you know Stravinsky and whatever, you right. know, I mean, the the, the you know and. Uh, Philip Glass and whatever, you know, I mean, uh, you name it, um, you know, stuff that's you know really sort of outsider in a certain way, um, but it all really. You know, coming at me very hard and fast, and um, you know the the Rocky Horror scene, the the you know this is when it started. Not you okay, know, so this not, is uh, you know not now. This is like seventy four, seventy five ish. No, 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 no. But, but that, don't make me that old. <laughs> Rocky um, Horror was released in seventy four. Yeah, thought. but it's 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 it it's took actual a little bit success to in theaters was in the late seventies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, this is so. Uh, this is uh, 70, uh, 70, Well, I graduated in nineteen eighty one. This is a seventy eight, okay. seventy nine. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you know, it was that. It was the you know the South Street art scene. It was uh, the the uh, the the theater, the living arts, and the 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 movies that were being shown, the outside films that were being shown. Then the you know two hundred motels and the you know the Zappa movies and the 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 the. the um, uh, the John Waters movies, all this kind of stuff. So it was really a full range of, of art really coming at me and, and, and changing my perception of what it meant to be, you know, an artist, number one, and, and, you know, and kind of where you could go with it. At the same time, I was really just learning how to play an instrument and, and trying to figure out what that meant. And, and, and this is I before you to, picked up a guitar, right? Oh, I didn't pick up a guitar until I was 22. Okay. So this was uh, all piano? Yeah, yeah, I was just played piano. Nice. Um, and uh, and sang, you know, but uh, the, you know, uh, uh, what was I going to say? So uh, you know, uh, 
I lost my train of thought. My train of thought is saying, oh, so, um, you know, there was a bunch of kids in 10th in grade that were all like Grateful Dead. It was all Grateful Dead, Neil Young, you know, uh, uh, that kind of stuff, Fleetwood Mac, you, you know, whatever. Uh, and then over that next summer, between 10th and 11th grade, um, everybody all of a sudden got leather jackets, cut their hair, and, 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 and it was all about the clash, the Ramones, the, you know, the um, uh, Sex Pistols. Oh, that's amazing. Sick, How about the New York Dolls? Did York they hit? Uh, yeah, but they weren't they weren't big, you know. It was like they were a thing, you know. But they weren't like it wasn't like that whole you know Cultural that whole shifting. Yeah, thing. that you know that was it was more like for me it was more um, for me I was really more into like new wave. Why you saying quotes? Okay. You know, Elvis Costello, uh, Tom Petty, people that were you know were really writing that could like write tunes, the class, whatever, write tunes. Not as much. N- not as much guitar noise, you know, uh, uh, you know, like, I didn't quite get Sex Pistols scene. I didn't quite right. get that, you know, at the time. I've heard but, Never you know, Mind the Bullocks. I've, yeah. I've appreciated it, but I've listened oh, to it once. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. But, you know, but, but I didn't quite get it then, mm-hmm. you right. know, but I, I got the guys that were, like, writing tunes, you know what I mean? You know, even, like, Joe Jackson. When did that, when Joe Jackson's first record come out? Look, look sharp. 79? Okay, yeah. So, you know, stuff like that was really affecting me. And I was like, oh, these guys are, can write intelligent lyrics, uh, interesting chord changes, you know, fun stuff to play. I can identify the actual chord they're playing. It's not just some power move on a, you know, mm-hmm. on a guitar. Right. And I put it in a particular order and, you know, and come up with something. Right. Um, and I can play it on the piano. Right. So, so then uh, kinda, you can kind of trace back to like when the chords were written on a napkin. Yeah. And you can like, okay, I can yeah. play this yeah, out. So it. now you're listening to people. Yeah, I get who, it. Okay. Yeah. That's a D. That's an A. That's, you know, yeah. a C. Then a G. I see. Ba, ba, da. You know, uh, uh, is she really going out with him? Okay, I get it. You know, <laughs> it's, it, you know it makes sense. You know, so that's, that's, that's the answer to that. Yeah, because I, I imagine that, you know, being someone who's like playing piano and singing and kind of, reverse engineering in that way that there's something really interesting about being able to listen to an artist and who's really good and understand kind of their thought process really easily. Totally. You know, you know where it's like, okay, I see what you're doing, I see what you're making, and now that, how it translates there. Well, it's a lot more calculated with these guys. And right. I mean, that, in, in, intentional, I'll say, you know, like versus, you know, just sort of an, an aggressive guttural feeling that comes from, you know, which I thought even at the, you know, I mean, the Stones or, you know, that kind of thing. That was, you know, there was some certain aggressive, aggressive guttural kind of feeling that came out of that music early on, too. But, you know, for, you know, Sex Pistols and, you know, and, and um, the like, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a little more amped up. You know, Absolutely. I didn't quite, you know, and I wasn't a guitar player, so I didn't exactly, you know, I just, I liked the scene, though. I liked yeah. the girls. I liked the fun, <laughs> you know. I liked the outfits, the lack of outfits, you know. <laughs> right. So when in all of this did you start finding cuz I know that I know that Springsteen is also a big influence of yours when did you run into well, when did you hear I, born to run well, but, well what year did born to run come 75. Out? 70, 75 yeah and the first time I really my brother went to uh, university of buffalo he went to so uh, and so I first heard of him when my brother was at UB. Um, when I moved to Philly, I had a girlfriend, Judy Koenig, in ninth grade, and Judy, her, her sister, was deep into Bruce because it was a Philly thing, and uh, and so I got kind of I I found I was aware of who he was, but I wasn't really in, into it. Yeah. You weren't. No, no. That's so that's because so I wasn't surprising. into. I also wasn't listening to the radio stations that were playing him. He was being played on, you know, Bruce and you know we were talking about early Bruce and freaking Billy Joel and whatever, and the explosion of that and Elton stuff, John. Yeah, 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 it was all on WMMR. Well, yeah, or and you, w- you, listening uh, you know, and I wasn't when I first moved to Philly. I didn't even know it existed. I I was listening to uh, 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 Wi-Fi, you know, or you know, uh, the more AM radio, basically. And I was also listening to records that I had bought. I was listening to like Kiss, you know. I mean, nice. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I was listening. <laughs> you know, I mean, I had bought, I had a re- little record collection. I had a little stereo, and when I and I I would fall asleep listening, you know, in headphones to my records or listening to to the radio. But I I was listening to AM, and it took me a, I'd say a good a good ways through ninth grade to find out that there are other radio stations out there and figure the <laughs> oh whole thing god, out. Oh my god, there's this whole know? other thing that's yeah, been happening other, all this time. I mean, and here we go. Now I see but it. But also yeah. that world of radio, you know, like the MMR stuff, that was even then, it was it was still kind of new. It was still, you know, not the experimental Marconi experiment kind of thing, whatever, right. you know, but but it was like it was it was still pretty new. WXPN was not anything what it is now. It was a, you know, 
it was a bunch of college kids and you know getting doped up and you know playing whatever. I don't know what the hell they were doing over there that back then. It was like you know it was very it was much more experimental than it is now. It's you know in a in a different way. And you were into the experimental sound. That's it's surprising uh, for me to it's surprising for me to hear that. Not well, in a. Well, I love listening to things. I love listening and watching people do things that I can't do. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. That, why do I want to watch somebody do what I can do? You know? Absolutely. I mean, because then like, you know, you're like, well, why don't I just do it? Why would yeah. I, you know? So what was it like? This is something I've never been able to relate to. What was it like to n- be a fan of the thing that was the biggest at the time? Because I've never felt that way. From the time that I got into music, um, hip-hop had taken over completely. And I love hip-hop, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I find a lot of but quality that, in it, but it has never That's been. not your bread and butter. No, it's yeah. not. It's been rock and roll records from the 60s yeah. and 70s. Um, you were born in 97. Well, God bless you. I'm glad <laughs> Thank to hear you. That, you know? But I also, mean, I've never I felt... I love it too, but I agree. You didn't feel attached to it. But we can't all love everything all the time. You know I mean? It's... You know, go ahead. But you were making the cool thing. You were you were making something that was a direct response to what was. I've hit. never been making the cool thing, Dino. You don't think so? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, I'm glad that Dino Far from thinks it. so. <laughs> I, uh, I I I in 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 a lot of ways, I think I am always behind the curve, or I wouldn't say behind or ahead. I'm kind of just outside the curve everywhere. Right. Um, you know, I've never, I've always been the guy that's like, oh, why? You know, I have a, I have a, I have a fairly unique voice, Mm -hmm. both, uh, uh, both physically and lyrically. And I think musically I echo certain things, but I, I know that I have a, a talent to make them sound a little bit different than Uh they've sounded in by other people. Um, you know, and, uh, and that's what's made you know, me in my, you know, career, whatever it is, you know, be a little bit more unique than other than others. Um, and I think it comes from the fact that you have a unique perspective mm, on things, and I think that you're able possibly. to articulate it clearly. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very open, probably too open. I've been told at times, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, but kind of going back to what you were saying, though, is, uh, uh, man, I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've been a huge music freak for my entire life whatever it is i listen to it whether starting with the freaking partridge family album whatever you know to you know to the monkeys to the beatles to you know the woodstock record to you know up to now whatever you know i mean i've always been a music fan and uh and uh you know my 16th birthday back when you could do these things i got my license literally that morning i got my i had had a i had had a uh uh, a driver's permit. I went to driving school on my 16th birthday because I was living just with my mom. She couldn't wait till I got my license. Yeah. So I could go grocery shopping or whatever, right. pick up the laundry or whatever it was she wanted me to do. Um, so she, so I, on my 16th birthday, I got my license. I grabbed my girlfriend. My mother gave me our Ford Fairmount, and we went to go see the Cars play at the Spectrum. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. So you know, I mean, I've always gone to concerts, and that was like that's in ninth grade, you know, and yeah. so I. I have been going to concerts my whole life. I've been going to, you know, I started with the first rock and roll concert I saw was like ZZ Top Fandango tour, you know, and, <laughs> you know, with my sister. And, uh, but I've seen tons that my parents were really um, uh, very, uh, well, no, I guess the real one would be uh, Tommy, The Who, and my dad took me and my brother to see. I um, mean, you know, I've been seeing shows my whole life, and I've always been interested in what the mechanism of a live show, how that all works. Um, I ended up working for many years with Electric Factory Concerts when it was Electric Factory Concerts before it was Live Nation, um, working uh, backstage on shows and seeing how they these big shows happen. Um, I always wanted, always too. wanted to do it. You yeah. know, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I've been, I've kissed it, but I haven't, you know, <laughs> effed it. You know, yeah. so <laughs> you'll like, get there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm getting a taste of the venue, the venue operations thing too, because I've got this job at World Cafe Live now, and I'm like doing artist yep. settlements. So I'm seeing what people are making, and I'm meeting artists yeah. directly, seeing what it's, they're not making, seeing yeah. what they're not making. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think World Cafe Live takes care of their artists pretty mm-hmm. well. I will say. Um, you know, better than I've been taken care of at any point that I've played yeah. at a show. I mean, they also book 
mostly they book their the 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 level at which they're booking. It's not Bourbon and Branch, you know. It's not. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's which uh, is where you saw yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a it's a different level, and that all happens, and it'll happen through the course of your career if you keep getting better and you keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know. We were able to sudden, open there you know, once, but we mm-hmm. had we were able to open at World Cafe Live, but yeah. we haven't. You know, wait till you play the Tower Theater. Wait till you play at the Man Music Center. I really want to play, play the, you know, Tower wait. Theater. Of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't played Electric Factory. We didn't play Union Transfer. I mean, whatever it is, you know, wait till you know do those things. Wait till you're on TV. You know, what I mean, all that kind of stuff. It's exciting, you know. And so then, when, so when for you did all of this start happening? When did you start getting some juice? And what was that like? Uh, when, with, when did you start Col- playing the Tower Theater? When did you start playing the Electric well, Factory? Well, with when did Columbia you- Records, that, that was a that was a big big thing with Rough House Columbia when I put out my almost speechless record Uh that went virtually nowhere but the the marketing department and the publicity machine that Columbia Records still uh, had at my disposal for a very brief time allowed me to uh, get to be known throughout the U.S. in tiny little pockets Mm -hmm. like Louisville. Uh, and, uh, and also got me overseas, you know, they sent me over to Europe, which is the first way that I was able to make some kind of contact with Europe, which is now become kind of almost my, I wouldn't say my bread and butter, but I make a a chunk of change every year by going over and playing in Europe. And I have an extremely satisfying artistic experience by playing over there for, you know, two months out of every year. And that's with U.S. Rails, yes? Sometimes with Rails, sometimes like I'm going over myself this year. Oh, yeah? Know? Yeah, I've done several. I've done a, a bunch of solo tours there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, and so, when's that? Uh, October. I'm, I'm doing like seven weeks. Oh, nice. Seven weeks? Where yeah. are you going? Sweden, Norway, Germany, and possibly a couple other places. We'll see. Nice. Cool. Yeah. That'll be really cool. Yeah. So in, uh, you, what was it, 93 when you released the record with um, Columbia? No, it was 95. 95? So when did you start, you know, when did, when did you get with Columbia and kind of how, what's the story kind of behind that, um, getting to work with them? Uh, well, I was touring with Trevor Gaines and, uh-huh. uh, and uh, my manager, I had a manager at the time. I've, I've had a, many managers. I have, um, I have had a manager at the time and, uh, and he was pretty determined to try to get me a deal. And uh, they thought I was good. They thought I deserved a deal. So did I. Nice. And um, and we went out and we said, well, we got this tour with Jeffrey. This is going to be a good opportunity for people to come see you play on, you know, in good rooms. You know, we were playing all, you know, like at the time it was exciting as hell. But we were playing like the, uh, you know, the electric factory type places yeah. of the of the of the northeast. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, up and down we played up thirty some shows with them, and. Uh, and we got a whole bunch of labels out to see us, and it worked out where the the one that was most excited and had the most money and uh, most willing, even though it was the most the poorest fit possible, was Rough House mm-hmm. Columbia. And Rough Houses was a uh, Philadelphia hip hop subsidiary of Columbia <laughs> that had, but just was making shitloads of money at the time because they had massive successes, and uh, but the. Chris Schwartz, who's uh, was you know really in his heart, he's a great guy. He uh, and 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 he, you know, deep down he was really into rock and roll and songwriter music and stuff. But he was having most of his success through hip hop. Hip hop. But he signed me and uh, Don Einer, who was the president of Columbia Records, was like, "That's cute, Chris. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do some stuff for him. You know." And so they you know they took took me on but I, bottom line is I have a record that has you know a record that came out and has Columbia Records on on it so nice. an cool. accomplishment but pretty what big. went wrong uh, I mean besides aside the fact that he was a hip hop guy was uh, it what, that they weren't what were didn't they not go doing wrong? enough you know what it was, it's so complicated man I mean it's like once you get into that black rock machine or whatever at the time 95 was a huge it was it was the peak of CD sales, number one. Yeah, of, of uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm about there, right? You know, probably about the peak of co- the, the actual compact disc. So everything. Um, there's a great documentary out right now. I don't know if you've seen this one. It's like it's about a guy who um, ended up going to work for Columbia mm-hmm. 
House Records, which is the Columbia House, was the the record uh, 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 subscription series. Okay. You get, get eight records for a penny, you know. And <laughs> and he, he he ended up becoming because he was like the young kid. They needed a kid to come in and write their alternative records collection, you know, and put the whole catalog out. Look it up; it's pretty amazing. What's the but documentary called? I forget what it's called. It's it has a weird name. I can look up Columbia House documentary yeah, and find exactly. it. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. He's a well-known director now, mm-hmm. but as a kid. He, was he just were, this guy ended up, had this he ended up job interning and then getting a job at Columbia House. But he was also one of these freaky little quirky kids who had a video camera with him everywhere. So he's all oh, this wow. video. Of, Do you know this documentary at all? Oh, it's so great. Um, uh, but uh, but my point is, so you know, the ma- the business was so massive. There was so much money everywhere that um, you know. This was considered almost sort of a little vanity project for Chris Schwartz, who just liked what I did. He yeah. had several he like CF, several acts like myself. He had Trip 66, he had Dandelion, he had uh, there was a couple other ones, whatever, on the label that, you know, it was like, yeah, put on, you know, t- to us, we were like, holy shit, we're getting a major label record deal, we're gonna, you know, it's gonna be huge. But in reality, to Don Iner, who's way up here, it was, it was like, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 not, that's nice. You know, yeah. and <laughs> here, here, you know, here's a here's a couple hundred thousand. Just you know, ha, you know, do do you know, do something. You do know, something. yeah. And if something hits, it hits. You know, but it ended up, I ended up getting a lot of traction in France of all places. Huh. So, uh, so I ended up going to France. Uh, okay. Up uh, five times, you know, throughout the course of a couple of years, you know, and 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 from that, you know, years later. I can't play shit in France, but I met a lot of people in Europe, you know, so yeah, I can yeah. go back and, and you know, play. Yeah, because their taste changed there, you know, so over there, fast. Yeah. Um, they like the raspy voice over there in France. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Big, they like it here in America, town. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just they just, they just like your raspy night. voice in France. That's, that's the place. I want, my girlfriend was dying to see Rod Stewart. She's never seen him, so we went to go see him at uh, a great place. It was a boardwalk hall, you know, in, in, in Atlanta in City. Uh, we just saw Rod Stewart, and uh, he was amazing. Yeah, yeah. The when band was, was last night. Oh, I was in Atlantic City last night too. Oh, were you? Yeah, I saw Todd Rundgren last night. Oh, which we'll uh, get to. Oh, or Goddard or something like. That. Uh, uh, Golden Nugget. Golden Nugget. We'll get to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, have a great, I have a great shot with Todd. Uh, uh, but uh, I know Todd. Um, I know you know Todd. And, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was just so. Cool. What a what a great venue to see a you know a we'll rock icon yeah. you forget he's a freaking icon and then you, you kind of take rod for granted but uh-huh. then you go and you see him just like yeah you're good he's 74 yeah. years old Damn. and he, i mean the show was incredible the band was incredible the staging's amazing you know it was just like holy shit that's everything you want yeah when i'm 74 yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> to have a good band behind you yeah yeah that's that's got to be that's got to be good i yeah i did see todd last night um so funny story. What trip was he on? Oh, I think. I mean, he was drinking a martini the entire time. I have a feeling that he went on high. I would be very oh, surprised. Yeah, he's twenty four seven, dude. Yeah, no, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what he's he was sativa, on. Sativa. He's like you know. Sativa. Yeah, oh he's shit! A, really? He's like he's just like let's smoke and play. Yeah. See, he yeah the show was really weird, which like I'm not so you know uh-huh. it wasn't at all what I had expected it to uh-huh. be. Um, but funny story, you told me about Todd Rundgren. I had never heard of him. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I uh, had never heard of him. And I was in your songwriting class. Yeah, uh, right on. Yeah, I was in your songwriting Because he's produced everybody. Yeah. And written for everybody. And, yeah. You know, yeah. He produced that first New York Dolls record. He produced, yeah. I mean, he produced Bad Out of Hell, the mm, highest yep. selling album of all time. It's kind of big. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and That's I why just, he can go and play just you know, AC, with it, help his band make some money while he just kind of has some fun. Yeah. 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 And. <sighs> I gotta tell you, I mean, I was I was a little surprised for a musician's musician for Todd mm-hmm. Rundgren. His band was not there. Mm. Well, I don't know. I don't know who the band is right now. Yeah, yeah, I was a little. I gotta tell you, I was really surprised. But Todd Rundgren, the studio wizard, it doesn't take away my opinion of him. Yeah, it doesn't. You know what I mean? It doesn't. I loved watching him be it's, goofy for two hours. Yeah, it's real hit and miss. Yeah, and like his voice is still great. Yeah. Oh, his yeah. voice still sounds so good, and he's a really. But great he still does player. like "Hello, It's Me" and those. He stuff. didn't. It, he didn't do it. No, really, he didn't. Oh. We stayed for the we stayed for the whole show, hoping uh-huh. that he would play it last, and he uh-huh. didn't. He played "A Dream Goes On Forever" last. And then uh, okay. He, yeah. Um, but no, you told me about Todd Rundgren, and you played "Hello, It's Me" because I used to show up to your class early. To bullshit with you. <laughs> I used to show up nice. early and, and bullshit now with you. And now here we are. That's why you got an A. And then, I, <laughs> and then after when the class was over, I would stay and bullshit with you more. And then right. you'd be like, dude, I got to fucking leave. And I'd be yeah. like, okay. <laughs> uh, um, well, hey, I mean, it got you on the show, so it did yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And during that time, you told me about Todd. I had never heard of him before, and you played Hello, It's Me for me before the class got there. And I was so blown away by that sound because I had never heard pop and soul merge quite like yeah. that. I think it's because something you were doing was like, oh, yeah, dude, you really should check out like Todd Rundgren. It yeah, probably I, you know, was. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was really into the Bruce thing at the time, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. remember the first song I played for you. I don't remember what it was called, and was, I remember it was, it was terrible. Like some kind of straight-up Bruce Rip. Some straight-up <laughs> yeah. Bruce Rip. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and you said... Oh, I hear your Roy Bitten piano style. And I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, it's um, working. But no, you played, you played Todd for me, and I went home, and I downloaded his greatest hits, and I listened to it twice, and I put it away, and I didn't listen to it again. Until? Until recently. <laughs> um, well, until what? Like the last like six months? Ago? Not even. Not it even was like a year ago. Oh, okay. I started playing it incessantly with... Yes. Well, I yes, <laughs> I was on I was on Apple Music at that point, and Apple Music had suggested that I listen to Runt, the Ballad of, uh-huh. the Ballad of Todd Rundgren, uh-huh. the second record, which nobody knows. Yeah, um, a couple people, couple Just people like know. three, maybe but he three, even maybe says four. that nobody knows that one. Yeah. he he doesn't talk yeah. about it because he thinks nobody knows it. But I, you know, it's all relative. Long though. flowing <laughs> robe and wailing wall and you know all these great songs. Be nice to me. Hope I'm around. And I was I just spun that record constantly, and then. I listened to that record for months, and then I got into something, anything, mm. and that changed everything mm-hmm. because that album is just unbelievable. Songs, yeah, yeah, song after song, and they're all so good, and they're all so weird, and yep. like he has some really eclectic sounds that are just yeah. Oh the, man, the, the the chord changes alone are just they're just so unexpected. And it's all just major and chords. Yeah, but they're unexpected, and the way he puts it together, it's sort of George Harrison-y, sort of like you know. Like, like where you're just like, oh, I never would have thought of going there, you know. I mean, like just yeah. the, you know the and know, the feel the, changes. Yeah, yeah. Because he's he's a melody first kind of guy. It's like it's wherever the melody goes, that's where the chord goes. Not where the chord goes, the melody follows. It's a very it's a very it's a different way of writing. I mean, I I, I try to do that too. It's it's not easy. Sometimes I've been trying either, to reverse engineer it yeah, and just yeah. try to figure out how those chords relate to each other and then throw it into my music. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just learn. I mean, I would say, you know, like to anybody, not not like I'm telling you, but like to anybody who was trying to do the same thing, I say, yeah, you just learn every substitution you can imagine. Uh, learn all your substitutions, all your extensions, all, you know, and and you, and you can kind of write like that if you can write great words and a great melody and have a cool voice. Well, there you go. <laughs> The words thing has been tricky for the longest time. Yeah, you just as long as you have those First three million things, dollars. right? You just gotta have you gotta have the three things, and then you gotta reverse engineer, and you gotta know all your chords. Then you can figure it out. You yeah. know? Yeah. And then to go from something anything There's to something releasing. Something to be said for homework. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and I mean, I'm learning how to play all yeah. the songs. I'm you know I'm trying to. I'm really taking the summer to learn how to play something, every, anything. I'm trying to learn how to play every song on it cool. because they're all so good yeah. and they're all so weird. And then A Wizard, A True Star after that, which was I mean, just a complete departure from everything. I'm really glad to hear that, man. That's, that's, that's cool. I so mean, thank like, you. Oh, you're, welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, man. That, that's, uh, I mean, I, mean I, I'm, I honestly, like, like I'm, I think it's mainly because of my voice, but a lot of people always say, oh, you, God, you sound just like Randy Newman. I'm like, no, I don't fucking sound like Randy Newman. <laughs> Your voice and I don't play like, like Randy Newman either. So, uh-huh. But maybe you'll take some of that, and uh, you know, and hopefully it'll inform some of your writing. And you know, it, I mean, it can't not. You know, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and my but, and I, you know, I sort of have been taking the time to have like a complete departure from like my last. Rand, but uh, you know, he informed more of my writing than Randy Newman ever did. You know, Todd did. Even know, yeah, I didn't yeah. Even know Randy Newman was. You know, <laughs> um, you know. So uh, uh, yeah. So let let you know. Hopefully that that'll all pan out well I'm for working, you. I'm Fingers working on crossed, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I and then I started figuring out that all of that really, uh, that that weird chord sound, a lot of it comes from pet sounds. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, you know, he's beetly, you know, he's yeah. got a lot of that, that going on. Um, I was thinking too, you also did a lot of musical theater stuff. You were doing like musical theater writing and... I mean, there's always going to be a, a trace of that just know, because yeah. I'm studying it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I wish the musical theater would grow up and listen to a little bit more of a well it's just not successful it's a yeah. wish so never mind <laughs> <laughs> I mean musical theater has me so pissed off right now oh so, yeah you know because it's just not it's just not interesting no yeah the, it's the, the composite the, the actual songs the music is just it sucks yeah it's just so pop derivative drivel crap yeah yeah, yeah. You know? 
um, that it, it's so rare to hear, you know, you hear like the, what, I don't know how I got out of this, but like, you know, the latest big musicals that are, that are out. And I know I'm only saying this because you're a musical theater guy. Yeah, no. It's like, you know, you listen to like, you know, Dear Head and Evan Hansen or whatever. Oh. And it's like, wow, it just sounds it's like. It's a four uh, chord pop song. Every like, yeah, single song, every is, yeah. song is the fucking yeah. same. Yeah. It sounds, and, and like, it sounds like lackluster pop songs. Now, yeah. if you listen to Hamilton, uh, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. That is different. Yeah, I can't even relate. I mean, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, it's great. It but is I, great. I could never even yeah. think of trying to write something like yeah. that. Me neither. I yeah. I can sit it's and appreciate it from afar. It's not my school, you know? <laughs> but the rock and roll guys, yeah. we're yeah. not. Yeah. There's we're a not. lot more Dear Evan Hansen esque things on Broadway than there are so Hamilton much. things. You yeah. Know? yeah. Everything, everything Ham- sounds yeah. that I mean, way. I mean, Hamilton is a classic uh, of its own. Right. It's, the, it's, uh, it's just a separate animal. Yeah, what's the uh, the, the silly uh, circus movie that's, you know, like. Yeah. Huge, but not huge. Oh, oh, the uh, um, the greatest showman. Same, same fucking yeah. composers. Like write the every same. Every song wrote all the same. Like so- yeah, the songs from Dear Evan Hansen. It's the yeah. same guys write the same songs. Oh, is it the same guys? Same guys. Yeah, oh, same composers. Yeah. yeah, and they're the same guys who wrote the music. Are they the Philly guys? The Philly guys. No, Pascal yeah. and Paul. All right, I don't they're fantastic. Great guys, and I uh, love their work. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. They're. Making a bunch of money as musical theater composers, so they're doing extremely well. Yeah. Right, they're doing really well for yeah. themselves, but you yeah. know. And then, so now let's with the last fifteen minutes we have left of the interview, let's get to what you're working on now. So uh, Sunday morning meltdown came out what six months ago? Sure. Yeah. yeah. About. Yeah. I listened to it today. So oh, did yeah. Michael. Yeah. yeah. Um, I dig it. I mean, I so when I was taking your class, I was a freshman. This was three years ago. I you had just released Lost Keys. Yeah. And I listened to that a lot. Oh cool. Yeah, I listened to that a lot and I really liked it because at that point I was in I was so fully invested into the Bruce thing and into the Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes uh-huh. thing. And your music, that album just fit right in. Right on. Yeah. Nice. And Sunday Morning Meltdown's a little different. I mean, oh. you, it's definitely got that horn sound still, but you're you're talking a lot about religion. It's darker. Yeah. yeah it's more it's spiritual. A lot. Yeah, what happened there? What changed? Uh, the world. The wor- yeah. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's, that's what happened. And I'm really not talking about... Donald I'm Trump. really not talking about... <laughs> oh, no, that, that I definitely was. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I don't think... It's funny that I, it didn't dawn on me that it would be construed as... I knew there's some religious sort of imagery and there's some religious sort of reference and some gospel-y kind of reference in it. But I, it never really dawned on me while I was writing this. Like it's not like all of a sudden I, you know, got saved or anything. Or, no, right, it doesn't know. sound like you did. Um, the, the, <laughs> the most obvious, uh, the standout, most obvious thing is uh, driving to find Jesus, which yeah. is really um, just about a dude. Who I, I well, the short, short story behind that is uh, a few years ago I went to Memphis, Tennessee, and went to Al Green's Tabernacle Church and oh, saw yeah. a rehearsal. And it, w- it was, s- to some degree, l- um, a-, a religious experience. Transcendent. And, and it, was, yeah. it, was a, it really ch- changed my idea of what the gospel band is. Wh- you know, why it be- all became a lot less commercial to me. The, these people were singing for the freaking Lord. They were... Yeah. Um, and it brought me to tears. It was an unbelievable I experience. I had a really similar experience. I yeah. actually played at... Uh, an all African American church for a year. Mm. I played keys for them, um, and it was just me and a drummer, and his name was Isaiah. And I played, I played for a year, and then Isaiah died suddenly. He was like 34, 35 oh, wow. years old, uh, dia- diabetes type uh, one, uh-huh. just dropped dead. Wow. Um, and it had always just been a duo, and then for his funeral, for his homegoing service, it was just a bunch of his friends who were all gospel musicians mm-hmm. showing up and playing, myself being one of them. So basically what happened was there were about 25 musicians up on the altar just playing whatever instrument they could get their hands on. And mm-hmm. it was just, and all these yeah, singers, it. and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can totally relate to that. Yeah. And, and you, got a whole, you got a whole album out of it. Well, uh, you know, in, uh, go- going way back in the conversation to ninth grade, when I first moved to Philly, I... The one thing, the greatest thing that came out of my experience at George Washington High School was the the guy, uh, uh, Dr. Brown, who was my conductor there. He was like, you know, you got a really cool voice. I got a friend who's as a church, and they they need like a high kind of tenor, soulful sort of singer. 
this is when I was in ninth grade. Yeah. I ended up getting my first gig. Is you know, it was fifty bucks for the rehearsal, uh, or thirty bucks for rehearsal on Thursdays, fifty bucks for the service on Sundays, and I and I <laughs> sang in the gospel choir there. Um, but that said, back to the other story. Is so I went to uh, you know I went and had that experience, and I, what I did was I just kind of parlayed that experience into a. I probably it's probably not as clear as it should be, but the story of that song is about a guy who's just trying to get saved. Is it at a, at a changing uh, at a, a pivotal point in his life where he feels like he wants to get saved, and he's he's just out partying one night and realizes I'm I'm going to drive through the night to Al Green's church in Memphis, Tennessee, huh. oh, wow. and 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 get to get to the church. It's that, almost that's as really if what you're the guy. Are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that song. There's a couple other. There's reasons. There's a couple other tunes that have Hellfire. Hell, you know the opposite end of it. <laughs> yeah, Hellfire is really. I mean, that's that's all Trump. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's completely political. And I think really on it, on it, on it, on very surface political too. I mean, it's you know, but you know, the, it was. It, it was it was just as fun and and really kind of just as fun to record almost more fun than it was to record Lost Keys was this record and I I love this record I think it's got some great tunes on it but uh but um we're you know uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know uh, maybe because it has so much sort of similarity to Lost Keys I think that maybe it, it it's got a little bit lost in the sauce I don't know uh, I mean how's it how's so, it performing oh I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it performs great. I do it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, uh, I sell them. Yeah, you know, we sell them. And you I think for the we, live we show, like playing. Yeah, it's great live. It's yeah, fun. I was about to say really I saw life. it live when I I wrote it for you that one time, and oh, it, yeah, we did right, right, right. Yeah, and then weird show. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that was a fun one though. Uh, Ruben Frank was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ruben Frank from TV was there. Yeah, he's, he's a big fan. Um, and he no, but I think that that album pairs really well with the Lost Key stuff. Yeah, because they're, they're they're similar sonically, different mm-hmm. thematically, mm-hmm. Um, and it it works for like a fun show where you're sort of exposing a bunch of different parts of yourself. Because yeah. I definitely think that Sunday Morning Meltdown's a little more critical. Yeah. Oh, entirely. Uh, that all said. Uh, I'm sick of piano. Oh, <laughs> yeah? yeah? And I only play when we have gigs. <laughs> so now I'm, I'm playing everything. On, I'm, I'm writing everything on guitar, and I'm, I'm, I'm writing more like a rock and roll record right now. You th- yeah. Is it a phase? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Has your yeah. songwriting it's for me. I don't care about anybody else. You know? I don't, it's, just, you know? Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know. Has like kind of the way you approach tackling a song changed since uh, writing on guitar versus writing on piano? Or is it kind of the same at... It's at always the point. same. Yeah, it's just it's just a tool, you know. Yeah. And uh, when I want to write more rhythmic, well, first of all, my guitar chops have got, gotten exponentially better. So, uh, uh, and I and I'm, I made a point of it, even in, at, at my age and at this time. In the last couple of years, I've been like, I can learn how to play this fucking thing a lot better than I than I mm. have in the past. And uh, um, so I've, I've, you know, I've just become an, an much, much, much better rhythm guitar player, uh, a lot of clear idea of chord structures, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, uh, it's a lot more fun, and, it's, and, it's, and it used to be very sort of limiting because I could, well, what can you do? You can only do a few you know? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're stuck, you know? Um, but um, I mean, some would say you can do a lot with that or you should do a lot <laughs> with that, but I did a lot with that. So and then I moved on. Um, but yeah, no, I'm writing a lot more. Um, I'd say... Uh, I'm ripping off a lot more history right now than oh, I yeah. than I have been in the past. Uh, not really on purpose. Just kind of like uh, it's just it's just what I feel like doing. I'm I'm, just, I'm really just writing f- for myself for fun. Um, I don't even know if it'll be a record. Who knows? You know. Yeah. I mean, I well, think what's a record anymore? I don't. You know, it's, well, you know. yeah. I mean, my focus has shifted completely from writing for other people for writing for, for myself. As Yay. far as at least as far as my lyric content goes, and that's come from listening to Todd. Yeah. Because he doesn't write for anybody. Nah. He he doesn't give a yeah. shit what people I think. I mean, if you're going to do any... I mean, nobody will care other than... Uh, well, even, you know, take a freaking Taylor Swift tune. You know, it's still... There's some level of real conversation that's happening there. It oh, could yeah. be on a very base and simple level, but there's uh, there's a universal idea, uh, uh, one great line that is a hook, uh, you know, one great statement that is... Well, great. I mean, one... Qu- Catchy. Solid state style, solid catchy statement that works. Then that's what is what it takes to connect with people. And you know, and but like you know, 
like for me, I don't, I don't really care about connecting so much right now. I mean, I just don't, I, I, I'm really, like I say, just kind of more writing. I, I, I have a plan. We have way too many songs to play live at yeah. this point. My band knows 40 of my tunes and that's, you know, you know, we could play a 40, so we could play a three hours show, four hours show if we wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. but, and, and I, I and I, I like, all, and that, that's the, Sounds very egotistical. I'm sorry, but like that's the better stuff too. Like that's yeah. that's the fun stuff to play. The old you know? stuff. But I, but I mean that's that's playing you know f- four songs off of every record. I mean it's like you know the, plus new stuff plus this that and the other. I mean you know it's like so I don't I don't uh, I'm 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 just trying to uh, I'm just trying to have fun playing. You know yeah. and and if we and I finally if I find the thing that makes sense for a record. Uh, or a five-song thing, whatever that thing is. Uh, what are we going to be calling them? I don't know. What are we going to be know? calling what? Yeah. Like records. You know, zibits. Oh, records in a yeah, the when five years. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I mean, I still think they're going to be called albums. It's just that the the business completely changed from yeah. Yeah. physicals to streaming. Yeah. But I th- yeah. I still think we're because like, you know you're going to get a single or a set of singles, which is like one or two things, or you're going to get an EP, which is going to be five or six, or you're going to get an album, which is a few more. So it's like I feel like the amount of songs that get released at once, you know, the terminology is probably going to stay the same. Well, I think that I don't know. I see, I see the fact that Kanye just released five albums this year. <laughs> Uh, well, all, good for him. Yeah. yeah. He released five albums this year, all collaborate, one solo record by himself, and then four collaborations. Yeah. And they all clock in at a half hour. And it's starting to look like the trend now is going to be shifting towards shorter albums. Well, my Columbia record was uh, eight, 38 minutes. 38? Yeah. Yeah. 11 songs, 38 minutes. Yeah. My, fir- my first album was 40, eight songs. 40 minutes. 48 songs. <laughs> 40 minutes, eight songs. They're mm-hmm. long songs. Uh, um, yeah. Editing is your, your friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I figured a lot. I learned a lot. Every time you think you're getting one. indulgent, you know, just don't. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured this, my first album was a fan album. Yeah. My first album was, oh man, I love New Jersey so much. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and if you're going to love you, something, love New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was the that was the first record. I, I like hearing you talk about that because I, I you know it's kind of interesting to hear that sort of like I can do that because I'm you know older, but like you, you know, young guy, but you still re- recognize it. Oh yeah, I did that thing. I was so into it. Now I'm looking back and I'm like, yeah, that was you know, it was fine. You know, and, yeah. You know, and it, but it served its purpose, right? You learned from it. You I learned a lot. You from grew it. a lot from it. You you know, you're you, it will always be there. You yeah. know, but um, you it's know, not going I mean, anywhere. Yeah. And it's all fun but, to play live too. That's yeah. the other I'm, thing. I'm curious to see you play, and, and like it's got to be better than it was last time I saw you. you know? It's going to be different. There's going to yeah. it's only going to be the trio. It's not going to have the whole um, uh, the that, whole that makes me happy. Boodle. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. Um, so we've got for the folks listening, we've got a show playing. Uh, we've got a show in Margate on Saturday, August 11th. Ben Arnold playing from six to seven thirty solo acoustic set. Dino Patachu and the Intruders taking over from eight to kick ten. Some some South Jersey ass. Yeah, yeah. I'm so do ready. It. Yeah. Do it, do it, do so it. So I guess this is kind of a good segue. I've got one last question for you, and then we're sure. going to let you go. Um, I'm 21, and you're older. Not. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your advice for a young guy who's trying to do what you're doing? Uh, playing music, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, artist, art in general. Art is a, you know, it's... It's not really a choice, you know. It's just, it's, you know, if if you're a, any kind of true artist, it sounds a little cliche, but it's true. Is that uh, any real artist is do, doing it because you have no choice? You know, you're just. It's what you do. It's whether it's theater, whether it's visual arts, whether it's you know playing the piano. And I'm not saying you have to make a living out of it either, um, but you know, the commitment to making a living out of it is different from the commitment to having it in your life. So yeah, um, and I mean, I'm I'm talking about navigating through the business end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right up its ass. Uh, <laughs> good luck. Uh, um, you know, don't think about it. Yeah. Because it will happen to you. You can't... You can't... Publicity's great. I, I, you, know, you know what? I'm just... I, I'm not going to say the right thing is the thing because... Uh, 
we live in a, a place right now where uh, the fact is, is um, uh, yeah, if you think you've got a great piece of art and you can publicize the crap out of it, freaking go for it because that's the only way you're going to get heard is if you, you're out there screaming about it. Yeah. Um, and some good stuff might happen. Or you might look like an ass. Who knows? You know. But in the in the meanwhile, you've got to do you you've got to do this. You've got to go ahead making art, not worrying about. There's the whole art and commerce thing. You know, make the art. The commerce will sort of happen. I think. I I, I want to believe that that will all sort of happen. People will recognize. Hey, there's that guy Dino or you know or Mike that's making this piece of art, and they're 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 they will eventually gravitate to you if they if they give a shit about what you're doing. And maybe they won't. And if they don't, fuck them. You still have it in your life, and you, and you have a you know it it brings a lot to enriching your own life. And that I think that's that's really like the most important thing. I mean, I I love going out and playing. I love getting paid to play. I I do get a certain amount of satisfaction out of playing for people. But in the end, I'm really writing and playing and singing because I enjoy doing it. And it's like I can't imagine what my life would be like with you know. When my, you know, if my fingers were cut off, and you know, and I, yeah. you know, and I couldn't, or, or my, or my voice was silenced somewhere or another, I don't know what my life would be like, you know. So, uh, do it for yourself. All right. Yeah. Well, on that note, or I think we're all good, Michael. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, for people listening, where can they uh, find you and your music uh, online and stuff? Google Ben Arnold. Great. <laughs> That's a solid answer. Yep. Google Ben Arnold. It'll yep. all come up. Yeah. Awesome. Don't go for don't go for the the beverage company in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so, Google Ben Arnold, yeah. not the beverage company in Texas. Musician, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Ben. Thank it's you, been a guys. pleasure. Fun. <laughs>